Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So y'all have heard about Omicron, right? The variant. The variant, yeah. yeah. Or, or Omicron Percy I-8, either way. Uh, it just sounds straight <laughs> up like something the Transformers would be searching for. It's like, we must find the Omicron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, just before we came to record, uh, my wife was talking about the variant, and she she stumbled and called it Omnicron, which also sounds like it's straight out of Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, I think you're, you're thinking of the company that I used to work for. And Michael knows this, but Emma, uh, I used to work for an ad agent agency here in St. Louis that was owned by a larger, uh, like, national that was owned by a massive multinational conglomerate. And I shit you not, it has the most evil megacorp name ever. It is literally called Omnicon. Oh, boy. Like, <laughs> it has con they're making in the mutants. name. They're using mutants. They're making mutants. That's what it is. It's Resident yeah, Evil. It's, it's happening. It's, it is, it's, like, it just, you, you can't get much more... Uh, Umbrella Corp than Omnicom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I wonder if, like, when these people made these, because, I mean, it's not like these companies are, are like, 200 years old or something. You know, most of these companies are probably, I mean, at best, 50 years old, at most 50 years old. Yeah. At some point, somebody had to have been like, so this sounds very LexCorp. Like, <laughs> right? You, you that sound requires evil. them to actually, uh, you know, be in touch with pop culture. Well, right. and, and also requires them to see Lex as the villain, which right. I, think, oh. I think a lot of these people don't. Oh. Let's be real. In the comics, Lex actually gets voted in as president. And at one point in my life, I thought, how unbelievable is that? <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that is the thing, too, because if you think about it from like, you, you know, this isn't how I think. But if you think about it from the, the other perspective, it's like. Lex Luthor's like, I'm trying to run a business here. I'm trying to, you know, win <laughs> capitalism. And this alien keeps coming in and just wrecking everything for me nonstop. <laughs> like, I'm trying to turn a profit here. Like, I have to think of my, my overhead. And he's just coming in and punching all my all my henchmen, my hourly employees. <laughs> What's up with that? Superman is Karl Marx. And oh. I, I stand by that statement. <laughs> When you really think about it, Lex is the victim here. Oh, stop. Uh. (laughs) Oh, boy.
you know, I would I would pay money to see Karl Marx come back from the grave to punch Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd pay money for that scenario for a lot of reasons. <laughs> it would be you know, zombie, com- zombie communist or zomunist. Uh, <laughs> Alone is enough. Is that a movie we've covered? I, I feel like that's a movie we would have covered. Stay it's tuned. Enough, future, future episode. Future yes, episode. Seriously. We're going to go uh, write gonna, that film. I'm going to go ahead and quickly uh, search to see if that exists. <laughs> While we do that, uh, so for everyone listening, you're probably like, hey, that's a different voice. Uh, so we'll kick right into it. Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. Oh, hey, I'm Caleb. And uh, it turns out there is a... Uh, a, a series of books called Zomunist Invasion. So I, I look forward to that being made into a movie. That's great. <laughs> there is also a movie called Dead Snow, uh, which yes. is about uh, zombie Nazis, not communists, is the opposite side. But yeah. Um, so we have a very <laughs> special guest with us today. Um, we, I know it's very fantastic. It's, you know, awesome when we get people on that, p- get people to agree to come on the show. Uh, I was dragged here against my will send help. <laughs> <laughs> Blink twice if. Uh, So we have uh, cosplay and Twitch streamer extraordinaire, Heartless Aquarius. Hello and welcome. Hello. Oh, yeah. Very so exciting. So I, I actually found uh, I actually found you via I think Instagram. Um, I my daughter and I were were going to dress as My Hero Academia characters for Halloween. This is like maybe three years ago, and uh, I was looking around for inspirations. Um, you know, I uh, I mean, you know, for those of you listening, you've probably see, seen me in one point. Um, but I look like the character Ayazawa. I you know I have it's the true. hair and 100%. the beard and. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, he is one of my favorite characters. Uh, my daughter really, really loves Deku. I mean, she's she's moved on to the villains now. Now it's it's Toga and Uravity and um, uh, and Dobby. Are it always her happens good, eventually. Good choice, good choice. It is, I know. I actually just, uh, she doesn't listen to the show, so I almost, <laughs> I almost was like, oh, I shouldn't say what I bought her for Christmas like she listens to my show. She does not. She's nine. Um, but uh, I just bought her a really cool Toga cosplay uh, that I found. Uh, I'm very excited. Dope. I actually bought her a bunch of cosplays for Christmas, so she's getting a whole cosplay kit and a, a ring light and a green screen so she can take, but I'm super excited. She's and she oh! That's all she wanted for Christmas. Literally all she wanted. Next thing you know, she's gonna be she's gonna be graduating into that bald cap and suit, and she's gonna be cosplaying as Lex and full circle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go, bringing it back to the intro. Um, or a one punch man. Um, yeah. So I I was just browsing the internet for for uh, uh, female versions of Deku, um, and I happened to stumble across uh, Heartless Aquarius, who you do gender bent versions of uh, characters, uh, and uh, you know we we found. Your your Deku. Um, and I thought it was absolutely amazing. And I was like, holy crap, this person's awesome. Aww. And, you know, so we've, uh, you know, looked at a lot of your stuff and followed and that was years ago. And then eventually I think you posted something and I was like, they would be really cool to be on the show. We should invite them on the show. So we did. And you said yes, which was really surprising. <laughs> Listen, I'm <laughs> so all for great, new great. experiences. And, uh, the movie we're talking about today, I actually remember like hearing about the general concept years ago and making yeah. fun of it. So I was like, perfect. I can actually Excellent. have a uh, <laughs> substance to why I despise this film. Ah, I love it. I love it. Great. Uh, 
And I just want to say real quick, your work is amazing, by the oh. way. Uh, I, I was not familiar until Michael introduced mm -hmm. me. Uh, I love it. So I'm really glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, wait, and one more compliment. Um, I love your parents, by the way, because they also cosplay. Yes, they do. We all got into it at the same time because we all, oh, so we all went to San Diego Comic-Con like as a family for like a decade. So like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, they're a lot cooler than I will ever be. So... <laughs> I, you posted a picture of them uh, not that long ago or like a reel or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, they are so cool. I love them. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I posted a <laughs> reel awesome. showing them off because, you know, flexing the cool parents. Um, you gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta do, do, it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, another fun theme month here on, on the show as, as we are occasionally wont to do. Uh, so this month, for, for the month of December, we are celebrating... Uh, a Nahoit version of Victorian Christmas, uh, which is to say, we're going to tell each other ghost stories. Uh, and <laughs> that's partly because I just, I, I've been fascinated ever since I learned that that used to be a Christmas tradition, uh, hence uh, stories that are, you know, beloved like uh, the, the, the Christmas Carol. Christmas Forgot Carol. the name for a second. I was like, you know, with the ghosts <laughs> the and thing. the, what the, the, the rich guy. What was the name of that movie? Lex. And, <laughs> oh, wait, no. Um, but also, because we're, we're really excited to, to uh, let you in on uh, a, a secret that we've been keeping for a little while, that we're going to be launching an, a new show uh, in, sometime in early 2022. We're, we're shooting for January right now, which is why we're plugging it now. Uh, but it's going to be uh, a delve into the potentially paranormal uh, through the eyes of people who, like myself, have had uh, experiences that they don't have an explanation for. Uh, and we're not going to try to explain it. We just want to tell the stories because they just absolutely fascinate us. Uh, so be on the look out in early 2022 uh, for a new Night Shift Radio original called Possibly Normal. Very exciting. I'm super excited for that. Uh, and so with that, we're going to begin our uh, first ghost story of the month. So uh, the film that we are talking about today, we've actually referenced this film several times uh, throughout the years. And we realized uh, only a couple episodes ago, we're like, wait, we didn't actually ever cover this film, but we do talk <laughs> about it a lot. We should probably <laughs> talk about it. Uh, so we were talking about the 2014 film, It Follows, uh, which currently is streaming available on Netflix in uh, the United States. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, yeah, so this this is like one of those really weird low budget films that kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and actually does really well. So this uh, film had a budget of just a little over a million dollars. Opening weekend, it did not great, and then all of a sudden it exploded and had a. It, it was originally supposed to be like a straight to video uh, release, like video on demand and DVD release. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it got this weird underground swell. And ended up grossing a little, uh, just about fifteen million um, uh, total, and worldwide almost twenty-two million dollars. How? Which is why. <laughs> so that's the thing about like these underground movies is it you get like that niche audience, and it just uh, people eat it up. It's it's crazy. We've seen a lot of movies that have made a lot of money, and we're like, but. This was terrible. I, I, yeah. I would like to give the listeners a warning. I am very sorry, but in college, I accidentally minored in women gender studies. So I used to pick apart <laughs> films like this all the time. So oh, I'm, I'm so going to get a little heated. And, no, um, dude, <laughs> please do. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I do have... Uh, so, so the general pre so we'll start with the general premise of this film. So the general premise, the the written IMDb synopsis is: a young woman is followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter. Okay, 
It is a Concept. literal STD, sexually yes. transmitted is- demon. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, that is spectacular. I but I so I have logistical questions. Like, okay. Let's assume this is real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What if you're with multiple partners at once? Thank Which you. one does it choose? I, or thank does you. it go for all of it them? It also doesn't explain, like, th- again, this is 2014, and this probably just wasn't in people's brains, but, like, what about, like, like homosexual sex? Like, does that right. still work? Because it was only shown with heterosexual couples with zero right. protection. So you're like, yeah. so... Also only white couples, by the way. There was yeah. zero <laughs> non-white people in this whole movie, oh which God, was wild. No. <laughs> there was in Detroit. They're in Detroit, man. Yeah. Like... Well, you could throw a rock and hit somebody not white. We'll <laughs> get don't to, do that, to how I, I kind of appreciated how they approached that uh, towards the end of the movie. Uh, so we, we can get to that. But I also had a lot of questions. Like, yeah, does it only like in like seemingly quote unquote monogamous uh, couples? Is it only heteronormative? Is it only penetrative? Is it only mm-hmm. unprotected? Like, what are the rules that this demon follows? Because it seems like it's got a very specific fetish. And like... Like the, I, the I ghost, would want to know. Oh, this is to- okay. So it's totally a horny demon because, like, <laughs> it like sometimes will like because if this if it really just wanted to kill people, it would just be so easy. Like, yeah. and it's shown that it can like turn into like your loved ones, your friends, your family. Yeah, but it yeah. chooses not to do that all the time. And like it tends to show up as like naked like older people and just yeah. to scare people. I'm like, this is this isn't you're. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) The amount of like one boobed women that were in this movie. Like there was several times where the ghost appears as somebody who just has only one boob out. And I'm like, like, was it just to show a boob? Yes. What was the purpose that this person had to have their bra on, but only one thing or the the woman with the robe were just Mm -hmm. the one part of the, I was like, okay. Like I get that it's, you know, maybe copying the people that were in the throes of its whatever's, Mm -hmm. but I do have oh. a weird theory of like how it could have manifested. I'm going way into into this. Wait, way too deep into this because no, I actually did go. research and the director was like, "Yeah, I made this like just to because I knew people were gonna nitpick it, and so I didn't explain anything because <laughs> screw you." And I'm like, "Okay, Brilliant. thanks, ass." Um, <laughs> but my theory is like, what if like like a witch from like insert old time here. Um, sure. You know, like, what if she got, like, attacked and, uh, like, raped or something and then, like, cursed, like, the per- like the people that did it and, like, you know, they're cowards and so they just kept yeah. spreading it. I, uh, I want that prequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like that movie does already exist. At some, I mean, like, that is a great premise and I want that, though. I want to see that witch just being like, ha ah. Yeah, so, like, how far back does it go? And, like, right. mm-hmm. it, we, they, they talk about, so, it, it, once uh, once the the curse, the, the demon has been passed to you and it begins following you, um, you have to, to pass it on to save your life. If you don't, it kills you and then turns right back to the person who passed it to you. Mm-hmm. How far back does that chain go? And if someone in that chain has already died, does it skip to the next? Or is that, like, you know game over for it like it does it have as much of a stake in mm-hmm. keeping this thing going uh as anyone else i i i have to know and uh, right. also i wonder are the manifestations some of its past victims because right. we see several of them look like they are they have been brutally killed mm-hmm. or but, assaulted in some way 
but the 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 uh, linchpin or lynch, whatever the the monkey wrench in that one is uh, at the very end when she's in the pool. It's it her turns dad. into her dad, who's gone. Oh dead? shit! Yeah, dead. Uh, seemingly, maybe he Missing. died from it. But I feel like that would should be info that seems irrelevant. You know, like that's very like. He's just never around. It's my dad, you know, like he's the brother of my dad or something like that's mm -hmm. information that felt like should have been important. But it's funny that you brought up um, about the director that this is, you know, pretty much wrote a movie being like, oh, this is cool. And then when people were like, hey, tell me more. He was like, nah, troll. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Bye. And mm -hmm. I think that's really amusing because it's like, I guess. I don't know which one is more annoying. Someone who's so pretentious and is like, no, you don't understand. Like. Mm -hmm this is a metaphor for blah. And another person who's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, whatever the fuck you want it to be. <laughs> like, I think both are annoying, but like, which one is more trolly? True. I also love that he, he claims to have uh, based it on a recurring nightmare that he had of this thing just like, stalking him slowly wherever he went and like this isn't fiction this is a documentary of his life it's a crisis oh, Christ no right no <laughs> it, it probably comes down to like he gave chlamydia to someone and the person just followed him around being like hey asshole you gave me chlamydia <laughs> and he's like it just keeps following me he's like hey I'm telling everybody that you gave me chlamydia and he's like I don't know what the deal is <laughs> So when this film first uh, started getting uh, like its kind of indie popularity when it dropped on Netflix, like so it came out in 2014. I think that was probably like closer to the the latter half of the the 2010s uh, that it started getting getting some traction. I don't remember exactly. I watched it, and I remember watching it. But I remembered almost nothing about the film because it it's weird. boring. Ah. It's so boring. I I remember the beach scene. Uh, the the second beach scene, the not one the part where it scene. got cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I remember like the roughly the the first fifteen minutes or so, and like snippets of the end, like the ends ish, like that last ten or fifteen minutes. But I don't remember like the the middle of the movie at all. I just remember walking away thinking like, "Aren't we done with like purity culture as the driving oh. force in horror?" Oh. Oh my God, that was like my main, because basically, uh, for those who don't know, like the most common trope in any horror film ever is that sex equals bad, even if it's consensual. Because, mm -hmm. and this whole movie is just like, what if we took just that? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Because the main <laughs> character got this because she had a consensual sexual encounter mm -hmm. with this mm -hmm. guy she'd been dating for a couple weeks, a couple months, a significant amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And then he drugged her, dragged her away and went, look, there's a demon following you now. Um, and I used a fake name and I don't actually live here. Bye. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what a fucked up way to find. I mean, a fucked up thing to find out, period. But what a fucked up way to find out. Yeah, like, you could have just said like, hey, OK, so we just did this and I feel like I should let you know this is what is happening now. You didn't have to knock her out. And then, like, tie her to a wheelchair where she can't escape. And then dump her almost <laughs> naked in front of her house, being like, bye. Okay, bye. Good luck. Bye. Good luck. Don't bye. die. Don't let it touch you. Okay, goodbye. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, that, go that, find that, someone else. That moment of, I'm sorry, I just did this so you'll believe me. And, like. What? <laughs> 
little on the extreme side. I right. kind of see where your head is, but you were wrong. Right. <laughs> where in this scenario are you the good guy? Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you don't understand. I'm the victim here. Uh, but anyways, uh, Horny Demon's going to kill you. So <laughs> feel bad but for like, me. Oh and Talk about oh, like so- a, a full no-win scenario, though, because you either pass it on and hope that the, the next person and so on down the chain keeps doing it and you are insulated long enough to, to live your life, uh, or you let it kill you and then proceed with killing everyone else anyway. Uh, there's really no win here. I'm not excusing uh, Hugh slash Jeff's behavior here, uh, yeah. but like, what the fuck do you do? Well, so my other question research? is research because he's like, I know nothing about this, and I'm just not going to do research. And I'm not going to bother asking. Yeah, <laughs> fair. I, okay. <laughs> so, so my other logistical question is: Let's say I have it, I sleep with someone. Now they have it, but then we sleep together again. Does that person pass it back to me? Like, they do never we just keep passing that. it back? Or because like, he does say, like, I can still see it even though I've passed it to you. Like, he he can see it now that, yeah. that it's not coming after him anymore, but he can still see the demon. So, like, would it just keep passing back? Like, how does that work? Like, if a group of people who are all in the know just, like, keep, like, this circular fuck party going, like, nonstop, are they, you know... And the demon's like, I... Or no, it's, <laughs> is it over? Oh, I guess they, I should go... Are they all I, safe or, or what? <laughs> I don't... I also I need, where's that, like I need the handbook. And also like it all it does is walk and it was confirmed that it has a physical body so it can't like teleport. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Right. Why wouldn't you just like fly to another country? Then you'd be safe for at least a few months. You get a vacation, you see something walking toward you, you fly back and you're like, "Okay, like, just keep doing that for a while." Well, that's a yeah, great I mean, point. Is it, it going to cross the ocean? Like, Can it yeah. just walk through the water and not drown? Like, it gets shot and it bleeds. Does it yeah. breathe? I don't know. Right. Because, I mean, it gets shot in the head a couple of times. On the beach, it gets shot in the head, it falls to the ground, mm-hmm. and then it gets back up a few seconds later. So, yeah, what are the rules? That's, yeah, but I, what was different between that and it getting shot in the head at the finale where it did it die? We don't know. But like it oh, like right. there's so much like red and like in a spooky way where you're like, well, that's not like a normal, like, oh, you got shot. Ooh. No. Right. That's like <laughs> that's right. demon energy just like spewing everywhere. The pool is turning red. There <laughs> there is definitely a problem here yeah. for someone. Mm-hmm. It, for it some- may not be for the demon, but there's a problem for someone. Here. <laughs> that's some some pool cleaner is going to be like, motherfucker. How come, like, it, it doesn't look time. red, but it says it's, like, 90% blood? <laughs> this, is, this is so weird. Oh, that's, uh, that's true. Can everyone else see the blood? Because when mm-mm. when it gets shot and falls oh, in the pool, it's bleeding profusely. But then when we see from other people's perspective, we don't see the blood. But then it oh, goes yeah. back to a uh, an unconfirmed character's perspective, and we just see this cloud of red. Like... But so that's the thing. It's it's not it's not like uh, a perception thing. It, it's it's invisible. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, uh, only you can see it because supernatural. Like it only exists to use supernatural thing. Whereas like a ghost, you could like walk through. You know, seemingly you could walk through it, but it's only affecting the one person mm-hmm. because a person who is not affected throws a sheet over it, which was a little on the nose. Yes. I have to say. <laughs> well, and also but why didn't they think of that sooner? 
Right, like market, you know, like didn't anybody watch The Invisible Man? You throw the paint on him and then everybody, you know, I saw that Kevin Bacon movie where we did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and especially the, the beach scene that you referenced a, a couple times where like somebody does shoot it. Like uh, the the one character, Paul, like tries to hit it with a, a chair and like full on WWE smashes the chair on it and then yeah. gets like knocked back and has like big scratches and stuff like that. So they have confirmed a physical presence uh, and then they're to, still like, I don't know if it's real. Yeah. And that one, yeah. It's like, I was literally scratched. <laughs> right. They're like, I saw it hit nothing. I was scratched. Four people saw it break through a wall. Jay's hair but got pulled know, up man. and she got lifted up by yeah. it. But like, are we sure she's telling the truth? I mean, <laughs> it could just be PTSD, man. Or like, you know. Man, maybe you're really overreacting. Bad she got <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you should it's, smile more. You know, women oh, and their feelings, God. dude. Yeah, it's too, it's much. too emotional, too emotional for the for for these horror movie situations. Oh God, and like this is something that, that Michael and I talk about all the time is like a shared pet peeve where like something awful is happening to a character and they try to tell their closest confidence who would be like trusted and would would believe them in any other situation, but the most horrifying things are happening and they're like, well. Not sure you're you're uh, you know I, maybe you should just get some sleep, right? <laughs> this is why like, I'm so thankful. Like my uh, my significant other, he like has ghost hunting equipment and like is a believer. I'm not, but like okay. if I saw something and I told him, he'd be like, "All right, let's go. We're gonna figure this out." Hell right. yes. <laughs> right. I mean, that's I feel like that's that's what you should do though. Like you know, if even if I don't believe it, if someone said to me like in all earnest, you know, and I, I, I weren't like, ah, oh, this is the type of person that jokes around with me. But if they were like, listen, this thing happened to me, it's in the other room. You need to help me. I'd be like, okay, let like, let's go. Let's go see, like, show me, like, I want to believe you. So show me and let's figure it out. You know, like you believe the person up front and just be like, all right, let's, let's go figure it out. Yeah. And then go from there. And then if we go and he's like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't really. I'm like, okay, oh, great. But like, open mind, man. These are my friends. Like, like why them. wouldn't you default to wanting to take care of someone that, that like you care about and who is trusting you with this, this horrifying scenario? Yeah. Because right. even if, even if you do not believe them whatsoever, they are, it is clearly upsetting them. Yes. Yes. He, well, they see, they all see her get thrown out of this car in her underpants in the middle of the night. She's clearly traumatized, regardless of the scenario of the other part of the scenario. Like she is clearly upset. They should still be helping her in whatever way it is that she is saying she needs help. Where she's like, "Hi, you need to keep me away." Like when I say we gotta go, we gotta go. Then just go. If mm -hmm. that's what she needs to feel comfort, to feel comfortable, then we we just do that because we love her and we're friends. You know, this this is our friends. Mm -hmm. Even if you are 16. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we just ask too much of <laughs> of our friends. <laughs> Movies don't agree. <laughs> and that there's there's this like constant weird elements of like there's the the childhood friend who oh has God. like the very obvious unrequited crush on her that is like and also leering the sister is so mean to him always <laughs> like we haven't even met yeah. him she's like yeah you can't be alone with him because he'll hump your leg and i'm like what <laughs> like, that's and rude. even he's just like what? That's why, <laughs> why would you say that? But then yeah. there's the the neighborhood kids who are like constantly creeping on uh, Jay from like mm -hmm. over the fence or like climbing up to look in her bathroom window. I'm like, 
Jesus, this whole town is so fucking horny. No matter, no wonder you got this crazy horny demon. But you know, kind of back to to what you said, Heartless is is there is that moment of like, it's it's Jay's fault. Like like yeah. she's a temptress and she deserves this mm-hmm. because she's look at her and her you know in her uh, one piece bathing suit in her fenced off tiny pool, yeah, just chilling. And like, but she is, you know, causing all of these things, you know, and even when the cops come, like the people across the street are like, I wonder what's going on. Oh, they're such a mess. Yeah, those like, people. Oh, and, oh, and the cops were like, so this was consensual? Not. That's when like my blood started to really boil. Oh. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. you, I was like, that's too real. I am bad now. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. out. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's it's why yeah so so the film r- really kicks off with um we see a girl uh you know just uh, some random girl she's off in the beginning and she's like hey i gotta go she leaves she goes to the beach she calls her parents and is like hey i love you and i'm sorry you know for being a normal teenager or whatever like hey i really love you and then the scene cuts and she's all mangled on the beach Which, and this is our yep. her leg is not only broken at the knee but like twisted around back. <laughs> yeah, in like it was, really nasty ways. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, so, content warning: uh, that is one of the big instances of uh, gore that we see. There is a lot of nudity in this movie. There is um, mm-hmm. a couple of instances of seeing sex um, uh, between, and, and that being said, <laughs> a couple instances, and they are uh, somewhat underage. They're they're all in the teenage uh, age range. Well, so actually, no. They content. confirmed. Uh, well, the the main character is in college, and they confirmed that the guy that right. she was with was, uh, like twenty one, because okay. he's like, man, I wish I could be a little kid again and just not give a fuck about anything. And she's yeah. like, she's <laughs> right. like, you're not old, you're twenty one, dude. Right, yeah. but Paul is a teenager though, isn't he? A little younger because he's friends with her younger sister. They all hung I mean, out as kids. Yeah, it's super vague because okay. so uh, he's probably like nineteen, twenty to twenty one. I think Jay they're legal is legal for legality. Yeah. Oh, right. Jay yeah. is 19. We, we assume that uh, Kelly, her sister, is probably at least like a year or two younger. So she might still be in high school. We don't know about Yara and Paul. Uh, but it, I think we can safely assume that Paul is roughly the same age as, uh, as Jay, just from like the, the way that they essentially grew up together. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But, but still. Yeah. But still, it's, it's still weird. Um, <laughs> They're still kids. <laughs> and yeah, like uh, lots of just random gratuitous nudity from 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 the horny demon. Yeah. And also like, and like bringing up like, so the first death you see is like very gruesome, very bad. But then the second death we see this demon commit is just the demon having sex with the victim till he dies. She just drains the life right out of his dick. Yeah. But I guess, <laughs> but it's also his mom. Yeah. So yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's real weird. It's very like, weird. Like there, there is like, so like now that I think about it, like we have the instance where the demon is the mom killing the son. And then the next one is the dad trying to kill the daughter. Like there's very Oedipal themes. Like, like Freud is, is like, hang on, guys, I have a lot to talk about this movie. (laughs) There's so much to unpack here. The demon seems to like want to commit like complete violence towards women. And then because yep. both of the, like the main character, like it's like, Oh, I'm going to throw appliances at your head and hopefully you'll die that way. Cause I'm not getting in the water. Um, yeah. Right. And, and smart. Then, yeah. And then the other one is just, I broke your leg, I guess. And now yeah, you're dead. Right. 
And now you died. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is weirdly inconsistent, but also feels like it, it makes sense for the genre. And I hate that. Um, yeah. I, you know, so, so there's... I, I uh, also... So I, I think the, the first girl was was Annie, possibly. We, we only like hear her name a couple times briefly in the beginning when her dad's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you running away? Why are you freaking uh, out? You seem clearly distressed. Yeah. I mean, like... Here is someone who will like wants to help you and will poss- possibly believe you, and you know you're running away. Which okay, fine, we, we get it. We get we know why you're running, but like, where did she sit in the chain? Did uh, no, no. Hugh slash Jeff originally give it to her, and he thought he was safe, oh, and right. it, it like started seeing again because when like when the the event tr- kicks off. Uh, between Hugh and uh, Jay, you know, they, they go out to the movies. They're having this cute date. As you said, they were talking about like, oh, wouldn't it be great to be a kid again? You could just shit your pants whenever you want. Uh, well, you know, such kind a of weird take no- to have. <laughs> normal big, date conversation. Like of all the things you could have said, that was like the one thing you go to is very sus. And they're, they're, they're <laughs> playing this game. <laughs> okay. They're playing this game, which I love when she, she asked him like, have you ever played the trade game? And he's like, what is that? She's like, oh, it's something my sister and I made up. Then why the fuck would he have played it? Uh, but <laughs> anyway. we play it while we're bored. Are you bored? Shut up. Kind of. But the, <laughs> we're waiting but in line. Don't worry I thought. <laughs> yeah. I thought the cute answer to that because they're waiting in line that when they first start playing the game, just pick the person in the front of the line. It's like, okay, who'd you pick? The person at the front of the line because then we'd be through the yeah. line. And we're done with this fucking line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like while playing it, like he turns around and he like. He asks, like, oh, are, like, are you thinking about the girl in the yellow dress? And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, I don't feel good. We should leave. And, like, it feels like up until that moment he was, like, on guard but, like, reasonably relaxed. Like, it feels like he he probably thinks that he had already gotten rid of it. And when he saw it again was like, oh, no, it's back. So, like, I, I'm wondering if, if the if – the first girl was like part of his chain and like when she got caught and killed, it came back to him. Also, like obviously he sees this happening, but like how do you know the rules? How do you know that if it gets the next person, you, you like it comes back to you? Well, probably you because, see it following you again and like con- still coming, like comes back coming towards you. So I guess like, he because he does say blatantly like I hooked up with some girl like randomly, like a one night stand. Mm-hmm. She disappeared, didn't tell me everything. So he had to have like trial and errored figured out the rules. Mm-hmm. But like, how would he know it kills him? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because she, she told him. Well, he says that she didn't. He says yeah. she told me nothing. I went to look for her and she was gone. One night stand, I don't have her name or number. Because that's also a point of contention later when they go to try to find him. They say like, oh, shouldn't we go to the person that gave it to him? And she's like, I, nobody knows who that is either. He, he says that when they're sitting on the lawn hmm. in his pajamas. Hmm. A plot hole in a horror movie. Never heard of this. Weird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Before we uh, come back, uh, or when we come back, we will finish up with more of the plot of uh, <laughs> of It Follows. Uh, so before we go, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. If you have not hit that follow or subscribe button, please make sure to do so. Uh, we super appreciate it. And of course, if you are on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. It's free and super easy and helps us immensely. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, we're always down for requests, even though this month is our ghost month. We've got all of next year to do way more listener requests. 
Um, send us more Mr. T movies. We, we got a Mr. T one last week. It was great. Um, you can do that over on Twitter and Instagram at the Nahoit podcast, the NHOIT podcast. Um, or, uh, Caleb, how else can they do that? Well, of course, you can always visit our little corner of the web at uh, thenahoit.com. It's T H E N H O I T.com, uh, where we always keep our upcoming schedule of episodes with links to trailers. If uh, if I can find them, which I usually can, and uh, also where you can find the movie streaming if they're available, which hopefully they are because that's our goal. Uh, but just below that, we've got a contact form. You can uh, you can tell us what you think of the show, how you think we're doing, good, bad, whatever. It's fine. Uh, but also, you can request uh, movies that you want to hear us talk about. So, uh, you know, what are you what are you waiting for? Go ahead and do it already. Just do it while you're listening. <laughs> just do it. and uh heartless where can people find you on the web before we jump to a commercial break yes 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 you can find me on instagram tiktok basically anywhere under the username heartless aquarius super easy same thing everywhere (laughs) that's great i love love consistency yes (laughs) cool all right we're gonna jump to a quick commercial break and we will be right back the storyteller series brings you full cast audio productions of short stories i'm the host megs And each month, we'll bring you a brand new story performed by talented voice actors, interviews with great authors, and exclusive print edition stories. Listen wherever you enjoy podcasts. Catch us on Twitter and Instagram at NSRStoryteller or at NightShiftRadio.com. The Storyteller Series. All-time radio. Rebooted. Hi, podcast listeners. This is Caleb from Night Shift Radio. If you love spooky stories as much as I do, but maybe aren't entirely sure that you believe in the paranormal, then you'll enjoy the newest Night Shift Radio original, Possibly Normal. Twice a month, we tell a true story of possible paranormal encounters from the perspective of the person who witnessed the events. In these stories, we offer no attempted explanation, only the truth as it was observed. So join me as Night Shift Radio presents Possibly Normal, starting January 2022, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome back, everybody. We super appreciate you guys uh, uh, following us <laughs> after the break because the movie oh, is. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> you know that's that's fair. It's it's been nice. It's been fun, but I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised you lasted this long. It's good. Um, so. So one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, we've kind of touched on it a bunch, um, uh, but I do want to talk about uh, Jay as the main character, how much Jay struggles through the whole movie with everyone's disbelief. But I want to talk about a little bit of uh, why we think Jay was specifically targeted outside of anybody else that clearly was pining for this guy. Like he, you know, uh, we see Paul. So later in the movie, um, I guess to preface this later in the movie, uh, Jay passes it on to Paul who is like, no, give it to me. Like, let me share this burden with you. Like, let's, let's keep passing it around and like really figuring this out, which super brave, great of Paul. I mean, you know, there's also ulterior, you know, he, he has a thing for Jay anyways. Definitely just wants to bone her. (laughs) He's <laughs> just like, hey, if I gonna die, I'm gonna go out the with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, but, but Jay, you know, Paul then has the idea of like he 
does he do but but does he do this i guess he doesn't i'm not really sure does he he goes off and we see some form of sex worker like you know there's clearly uh, mm-hmm. you know some form of that but like mm-hmm. does he go afterwards and sleep with the sex worker he, the, they didn't show it they implied it yeah and I'm, it is like i was like oh that's a great idea because like even if it goes back to them like they have so many clients that like it wouldn't stick with them sure yeah they, they, and i was like that's kind of a good idea but then he didn't do it. And I'm like, okay, so you're all talk about trying to help. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, there's still the, con- I mean, the problem is, is the, the, the thing is, is if he passes it on to the sex worker, the sex worker passes it on to her client, the client dies. If the sex worker doesn't know the rules, they're going to die. But like, they would have to pass it on before the person touches. They would just keep passing it forward Mm-hmm. But eventually, it, it'll get out that like these these guys just keep dying, <laughs> and they're all linked to this one sex work. Like eventually, it'll narrow down. You know, where like somebody be like, "Hey, literally every person you have slept with has died within a week of uh, purchasing your services." Uh, you know, which obviously we are uh, all for. Do your, do your sex work. Uh, you know, we pro are supportive sex work of that. here. We are exactly. very pro sex work here, but. That's this is another danger. So I would say that the the nature of the the sex workers that they show are like kind of what people think of. Uh, and I'll, I'll use the phrase, even though I, I hate it. It's stereotypical movie hooker. Uh, yeah. they're oh, standing yeah. on a street corner in a very rundown part of town. It is very Big, obvious. Furry that, jacket. Yeah, exactly. Clothes that don't fit. Yeah. It, it's it's obvious why they're there and what they're there for. And. Because that is still illegal and so heavily stigmatized, I don't think that it would get traced back to an individual because I like no one is going to go out talking about this specific sex worker that they picked up on the street corner somewhere enough for that to, to come back to her. So I, I think it it would either be an endless cycle as she continued to, to pass it forward uh, or it would eventually come back to her, kill her and you know, go, go back down the chain. Uh, but I don't think that it would ever come out like you, know, she's like a serial killer or something. Yeah. Um, it just, it, it seems that there's, there's too much stigma around it. <clears throat> Speaking of which, uh, I mentioned earlier that I think they, they do do a, a, an interesting job of addressing, uh, what you pointed out of why there's no diversity in this cast at all. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very obviously set in Detroit. I mean, later on they actually say it, but for the whole first you know, three quarters of the movie or so, they don't mention where, but for, for me, I was like, this this is at at least an American Rust Belt city. It looks exactly like Detroit. And when they go to the beach house, like this looks like Northern Michigan, like right on the lake. Uh, this is all very familiar to me, uh, which uh, in part I kind of love because you know, American horror was you know really born and raised in New England, but the Rust Belt cities are creepy as hell uh, and <laughs> it's perfect for a story like this. It's all uh, Bibles. But when the kids talk about like, my parents would never let me go south of eight mile. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized that's where the suburbs ended and the city began, uh, which is suburban code for that's where the people of color live and we don't go there. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's the same in, in a lot of American cities, probably all of them, if we're being honest. Uh, and like, I, I mean, there's an entire community trying to take down an overpass in my uh, city yeah, because exactly. of that exact reason. It literally divided the white people and the black people. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I like that, you know, while the, the they cast 
basically no people of color for this entire movie, they acknowledge that these kids are living in uh, a white suburban uh, Michigan bubble, uh, which is a very real thing. And these kids, like, knowing that upgrading, they would not have been exposed to people who didn't look like them. And so that was a subtle and intelligent nod to the very real uh, racial segregation in, in in that area. I wonder if it was intentional, though, or if it was just a explain why we're in the suburb yeah i don't area. i don't know because then they they do wander into the the or more to rundown. explain why they didn't cast it that way right yeah yeah so it's it, it, i i would like to believe that it was uh meant for for realism but it very well could have been a, ah shit i guess we should find a reason for this <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so so uh so like i said so at, at the end like we see that i feel like though passing it on to a sex worker could could almost like give We're them back. like a superpower i'm back on this because i think of it this way and i'm like kind if of i was Ivy vibes yeah, yeah like if i was that sex worker i could like you you find like the the you know uh people like cheating on their partners like you can find super evil people like vigilante set like you mm-hmm. could really like you know like you you could make you could make the world a better place uh, huh. uh this way um, but you know, that's very superhero ish, uh, <laughs> in the weirdest way. But this is like Todd McFarlane superhero. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is directed like by Tarantino. Nineties <laughs> image comics. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Not exactly. You know, this isn't a comic book you put out on the shelf. This is one you only have to special order. That's what had a crossover with the max. <laughs> <laughs> Reference. Uh, yeah. So, so do you feel like this movie chose like pretty young blonde to, to kind of, you know, Harless, you brought up the point of, of purity, you know, and stuff like that. Like, do you feel like this was like, that was clearly the intention to be like, look how she was corrupted because she did a thing. Yeah. It's also kind of interesting. And I will get them. This is usually the way that uh, the main character was cast. Like she's definitely like final girl material. Um, so it is interesting that they tried to kill her, but I mean, I guess that's the point. And like, I don't know, did, is she fine? Ooh. Um, (laughs) so it was kind of interesting where it's like, oh, like typically her character would be totally fine in a scenario like this, but she's actually the like one and only victim in the whole situation. Mm -hmm. But it is definitely like. Oh, you, even if you live your life correctly, if you, if you, if you do the do before marriage, you know, you're going to get a demon. Yep. Be afraid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I still, logistics are still really important to me. Like, (laughs) what if you wear protection? Yeah. Like what, what is it that is passing? I want to know. I want to know the nitty gritty details. I need the instruction manual. Well, and, and Michael, I I think you're spot on with the, the reasoning behind like the, them casting a like young blonde white girl uh, as like the oh, what's the word I'm looking I don't I don't want to like make it ingenue well, that's not the word but yeah <laughs> damsel in I distress? just wanted to sound it yeah I mean yeah. Uh, the, there's a, a word that I'm looking for for like uh, the, like the paragon of virtue that's that's yeah. I didn't want to go too fine on it but let's go there like the, she's she like this is our our ideal which is bullshit but uh, to the point where the very obviously pretty young woman with brown hair and glasses are like, oh, your sister's so pretty. It's disgusting. Like, it's annoying. That was so rude. It's just, I know. It was, oh, she's so pretty. It's annoying. 
What? <laughs> like they were because that's clearly her. What fault. kind of friends? <laughs> what kind of friends are you? Where you're like, oh like, right. man. Like I have friends who are very attractive, and I just sit there and go, "Wow, why are you yeah, friends with me?" Really I don't know, man. It's annoying. It's, right? What? Uh, also, your friends at all time. It would be hard to objectively say that there were unattractive people amongst this cast. They're all good-looking kids. <laughs> like they are. Like Paul's a good-looking kid. Like even now, if you see him much older, like he's a pretty good-looking kid. He's got like he's got good style, long hair. He was in. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, Micah uh, Micah Monroe, who is the who is the main character Jay. She plays the grown-up uh, Whitmore, um, the president's daughter in the Independence Day sequel. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Um, like they're all like, you know, Olivia Lucardi, uh, who played Yara, she's, they're all like good. Like they all could be cast in a CW show and I would never think twice. Yeah. Like I would be like, well, that, that's weird that they cast them in that show. Like I would be like, yeah, they look exactly like a CW actor. Mm-hmm. They are, mm-hmm. they are in the background or a main character on Riverdale. so the the one thing that i did really notice this time around since i i already knew what what things were going to make me angry about the plot that i was able to focus more on the movie itself is that there are some really beautifully shot moments and i think specifically of when they focus on things like it the early scene just after Jay and Hugh have sex in the back of his car and he's going in the the trunk to get his instruments of kidnap. And she's just kind of leaning out the car door and she's playing with a a flower there. And it just focused on like just her hand and the flower. And it's just this really beautifully framed shot. And then like later she's on the swings and it focuses on like her bare feet, like digging in the, the sand. And like, there's, there's shots like that that are just so like perfectly composed to me that it's like, it's a really interesting uh, juxtaposition with the just creeping dread that the the movie has through the whole thing. They they do a good job, you know, for all of the negative things about the movie. They do a really good job of for me of creating that sense of like just just grating on your nerves the whole time. Yeah, with music wise too. Uh, mm-hmm. What one of the shots that I actually really like is when they go to the um, to Jeff's high school to find out more information about him, where they learn that he was Jeff. Yes, and the camera does the one shot where it shows the the person coming yes. towards them, and it does the three hundred and sixty degree spin. Uh, back to them. I thought that was a really, really cool shot. They and, really love uh, that 360 spin in that movie. They, <laughs> they did. They do it a few times, and I get, I get why they do it. Is uh, you know, from from a director standpoint, you know, uh, uh, I I see it as like you're setting up the space between them. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to like show them and then cut to the other side. Like it's hard to to really understand like the closing distance between them. But that that 360 shot really sets the stage of like. Oh, it, like they're standing here, and this thing is just slowly moving towards them, which I thought was great. I don't remember where I heard this. I just heard this somewhere, um, but someone said, like, you know, if something is chasing you and they're doing it very slowly, it's because they know that they're gonna get to you, uh, you know, one way or another. It's and I not think that's in a hurry cool. at all, right? That's very pending. I love the idea of that—that that the thing just walks slowly. But logistically speaking, it is just like, well, if you're just walking, you know, like if I live in Detroit, I fly down to the, you know, fucking Florida Keys. Good luck, asshole. Like, I hope you can swim and I'll see you in a year because Mm -hmm. it's going to take you that long to just walk from Detroit to the Florida Keys. Like, even if you did swim. 
like and had you know didn't have to stop for sleeping or something like that it would take months for them to do that trip Mm -hmm. so like you know you're you know you said it earlier just fly to another country wait it out fly back (laughs) peace out and i also really love the moments where the camera focuses on just like a distant shot like you like you're you're watching carefully you're expecting to see the thing and you don't and mm-hmm. like that that creates so much more tension that i think it's pretty brilliant yeah so if you were to rewrite any part of this movie while still keeping the main idea intact how would you do it heartless how would you do it what would you change hmm i think the 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 thing that probably bothers me the most is the fact that it's sexually transmitted because it's clearly yeah. like demonizing um uh, sexually transmitted illnesses um mm-hmm. which is a huge problem in society um mm-hmm. so if it mm-hmm. could be transmitted some other way i can't think of how but it's it is a cool idea of a demon that like will slowly follow its victims and there is a chain like um uh, imagine if like that weird like skype horror movie like yeah. if you had to forward that email chain and if you don't, then this demon follows you and it's real. Um, like bringing that stupid like thing to life. Like then it would be kind of scary and a little bit more relevant to a modern audience. And it's yeah. very much like a high stakes game of tag. So mm-hmm. like, right. se- like biologically male to female sexual penetration shouldn't have to be the only way that this thing can be like passed on like there's some <laughs> other form of, of contact or even like a like a verbal contract or something like that you say the right thing to the person and like the, it gets passed on to them or something you know even like you know, like a candy man bloody mary sort of scenario where you, can, you, know, <laughs> you summon it by accident like there, there's any number of ways but yeah i agree that i i, I would take out the, the sexual transmission aspect because i just i i think that sex as a uh, a vehicle for horror is is played out i, I think that we, we we've heard the message loud and clear we know what you think like move on there are other scarier things mm-hmm. yeah i so the problem the problem with the plot though is that or with the premise is that whatever thing you pick like even if it's like oh it's you got to do a high five then the, the, whatever the thing is, is you're, 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 you know, putting the evil, the onus on that, that act. So whether it's sex or a kiss or a word, then it's that word. So how do you do it in a way that doesn't make it seem like you're trying to moral high ground soapbox a, a thing? You know? I've got it. I've got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. The demon's an NFT. And whoever Stop. buys the <laughs> gets the demon. <laughs> okay. But you know what, though? I, it's like I it's think, like those like curse oh what was it like that cursed pokemon game with the lavender town and yeah. like oh, everything's yeah. all weird yeah <laughs> oh my god i you know though but that that's that's kind of a, a two for problem right there because eventually eventually you'll have no more nfts or crypto bros and then the problem takes care of itself, Caleb. I'm just saying this isn't a bad idea. This is you know, horror for the modern age. I, I think I think we're ready for it. I really we're do. Ready for the NFT. There's gonna be an NFT indie horror film in the next ten years. I oh. they already right look cursed. Saying, it's not yeah, that much of a they stretch. Really do. In yeah. the next ten months, I would say. Uh, <laughs> right. Somebody's working on one. Somebody has greenlit and funded one and like it's in the works. I mean, I think of how many it. 
pandemic flu movies came out during the pandemic where people are like, shit, hurry up, make the movie. We're going to yeah. make so much money off capitalizing on people's fears because Too we're terrible people. Fucking real. Uh, yeah. Speaking of bringing horror into the modern age, uh, I, I did also love how they kept the time frame of this super vague where like people used landline phones and like also like Yara had this little device that looked like a compact, but when she opened it up, she was reading on it and the screens looked like, uh, like two iPhone or iPod screens made into like a phone. Cause I could see like signal yep. bars and stuff like that. And like, that's a cool device. Like, can we have something like that now, please? But right. then like, you know, driving like shitty old station wagons, but the high school that uh, Jeff goes to looks super modern. And like, there, yeah. there's, like, and there it, were some modern cars, but some yeah. non-modern cars. Yeah. Uh, the, the, and people, the way people dressed, uh, the director did say that they did that on purpose, which yeah. calling back to the movie we did last week, is what they should have done. The movie we did last week yeah. stated a very specific time mm -hmm. uh, that it was set in in the 1980s, but did nothing to make it look like the 80s. I mean, mm -hmm. like they didn't even try to make it look like the 80s. Mm -hmm. And this film did a really good job of you just remove the year, don't say what year it is, make it ambiguous, and then it's time. Then it becomes timeless. I also really appreciated that the kids were watching like atomic age sci-fi on a tiny CRT TV on top of a bigger CRT TV. In the that, I, we had that growing up. I had a giant like, you know, the uh, Zenith TV that was the cabinet thing like that. And then when that eventually died and it was cheaper to just buy a better one, we just had it on. We had the better TV on yeah. top of the Zenith <laughs> I, I had that until I was like 20, like, well, I'm like 19 when I moved out. But like, it's a very mid to late 20th century American experience. And it like, is. it yeah. was, it was a great little nod to that. And like, uh, I recognized one of the, uh, the movies that they were watching because it's like, it's been memed at this point. The guy with the huge uh, eyes. And uh, I feel like we watched it fairly recently too. Uh, but it's just, it reminded me of growing up in the 80s and watching those like black and white atomic era uh, horror and sci fi movies like They and like all yep. the, the kaiju movies and stuff like that and how how much that scared the shit out of me. And seeing this, this little, little nods and acknowledgements to uh, past eras was, was, was nice. I liked it. Yeah. Um, uh, so to call it back, I think the, the one thing I would change is I would try to make, I would still keep the idea of Jay. Um, I think Jay as a main character is great, but I think I would alter her writing so that she didn't seem so much, so much victimy and more like, I'm going to take charge and figure this out. Like I'm mm -hmm. going to take action and figure this out and less of like, everybody save me, everybody help me. Like, I, you know, still obviously I would have her asking, you know, calling in her friends, but I would, you know, to quote Dr. Strange, Scooby-Doo this crap, you know, like <laughs> I would ever be like, let's figure this out. You know, like, let's, let's, you know, figure out what we're going to do. Um, that would be my only change. I just, I hated the idea of her just flailing the whole movie and her friends being like, I don't know what to do. And every, nobody really seemed like they wanted, you know, Paul was the only person who was like, Hi, like I figured it out. Give it to me. We'll go running until we, you know, and then we'll hunt down everyone and figure it out. Like Paul's the only like reasonable person in this movie, but like everybody just dumped on Jay the whole thing. And I think that didn't help uh, the trauma she was clearly going through. And I think that was mm -hmm. kind of shitty. So I would have given her a little more power. Hmm. Buffy well, the vampire style. A little bit more Sydney Prescott. 
Yes, hundred percent. Of course, I carry in, uh, again. <laughs> in, yeah, uh, you know, like I'd want to see her go to like an occult bookstore and be like, "All right, here's what's get- somebody exercise this shit." Like, how are we doing? You know, like I don't know. Oh, yeah, like, I, that also, I was just like, "Why did they like go?" Because like, this is also just like a huge horror movie trope. Why didn't you talk to someone holy about this right. whole situation? Be like, "Hey, what what this?" <laughs> right. What do? So <laughs> it follow what do? <laughs> if follow what? Yeah. Uh yeah. So uh so there it is. It follows uh streaming on Netflix in the United States. Uh so if you are the type of person that watches movies after we review them, uh that is where to do it. So should you watch this movie? Um so uh, we'll we'll go guest first. So uh, Heartless, what do you think? Should somebody watch this movie? I don't think so. If you've watched a horror movie ever before in your life, like you just need to hear like the one sentence synopsis, and then you're like, oh, cool. Uh, you you can you could picture it in your head from there. And I'm just not a big fan of it demonizing sex. <laughs> Agreed, Caleb. Yeah, I'm I'm torn because I also agree. Like I, I was left with a really bad taste the the first time around, and you know, not less so this time around uh, on the the idea of demonizing sex and of like pushing purity culture and whatnot. And I, I've said several times, and don't need to repeat myself again. But I just I think that that's played out. But it sucks because like remove that element, and this is a beautifully shot movie and has some really interesting. Uh, concepts and like really like like I think otherwise is a high quality indie film and so I mean watch it with the intent to say like yes this premise is garbage I guess but there there's there's also better movies that you can you can spend your time with if if that's not your thing yeah I, you know I'm kind of in that camp too because uh, the first time I watched this uh, I don't. Uh, I, I remember liking it the first time I watched it, but this time around watching it, I was like, wait a minute. Like there was a lot that I was like, hang on. Yeah. Like, why is that? Like, why are we like, why is it attached to, you know? And then when I started asking more questions after watching it the second time, or probably second or third time, I was like, wait a minute. No, there's something wrong with this. Like it doesn't, this doesn't add up enough. It's, it's too specific. Like I think generic, like, maybe it just gets past like it's not necessarily sex like it just chooses its next victim based on who they show affection for or something like it just you know it's just a a roaming grudge-like spirit that just attaches onto people and it's not attached to the specific act i think then i would be more apt to be like yes this is a great movie but i i agree with you harless and, and you know and caleb that the fact that it's attached to sex makes it seem like this is some like subtle moral play. Yeah. Subtle? I, I, and that's it. Uh, I, mean. <laughs> I also like, I don't think I really caught on last time, but like it, it was pointed out this time. And I, I agree that like the distinction between the way that it brutalizes women and then just like kind of sexually attacks men in like a, a almost like, it an erotic seemed, way. Yeah, in an erotic way. That's exactly the, the the word that I want. Is just is really weird and gross. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. 
Um, so there it is, uh, uh, folks. So again, if you are the type of person that likes to uh, listen to us before you watch a movie, there it is. If you are the type of person that watches the movie and then listens to us, sorry, um, you know, <laughs> we'd love you to know, know the, what your thoughts were. <laughs> you know the rules of how it works. <laughs> it's a fifty-fifty. Uh, but yeah, definitely let us know. Reach out to us. Hit us up on social media. We mentioned earlier links down below. You know, tell us what you thought on the movie. If you saw something different, or if you have questions about the logistics, uh, we want to know. So hit us up and let us know uh one more time heartless where can everybody find you you can find me mostly on instagram and tiktok under heartless aquarius but if you search that username and you find it somewhere else that is probably me oh i'm also on twitch oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah you're oh uh, yeah that thing yeah. i do uh yeah i <laughs> <laughs> love it which you've been playing Genshin Impact a lot. I pulled like nine times for Albedo this this week. Have not oh, gotten him. I'm I got so Gene. Mad. I got Gene. So I'm not oh, mad at that. I mean, Gene's good. I wanted I, Albedo. Yeah. I want Albedo so bad. I'm so mad. Like Albedo and Mona are the ones that I think I've pulled the most for, and I have not gotten either of them. I am so mad. But uh, that's for our other podcast about Genshin Impact specifically. <laughs> that doesn't exist, but it should. Um, oh. It probably should. Man, because my partner's should. a voice actor in it. You could have get him on it. Oh, that's great. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Is he the another test subject? No. Uh, sure. <laughs> he's in Inazuma. Oh, he's Master Matsukatsu that you save when you're with Yoimiya. Oh, and if I just spelled that for people, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Inazuma has been out for a while. Come on, guys, catch up. Uh, So there it is. So thanks a lot for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time. Hey, bye. Bye. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.